TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Snare drum time does indeed mean it is Score North Gophers show time. Midweek edition, I would be Ross Brendel. We are coming off of the first Golden Gopher football loss of the season. Hopefully, it is the only loss of the season. Time will tell on that. The Gophers fall at Iowa this past Saturday in Kinnick by a final score of 23-19. to As we get rolling here, a couple of housekeeping items. James Murphy, Daniel House, they will recap this upcoming game with Northwestern this weekend. You should hear from them later this weekend, if not early next week. They'll put a bow tie on Minnesota at Northwestern in Evanston this Saturday. If you like the Score North Gophers show, you like what you hear, we'd certainly love a positive review, whether it be via Apple. Maybe you're listening on Spotify, the Score North mobile app, the free Score North mobile app, or at scorenorth.com. Thank you for doing so. Please tell a friend and please rate us favorably if you wouldn't mind so much. Well, again, Gophers coming off that 23-19 loss in Kinnick. P.J. Fleck met the media a little bit earlier on this week. So far, he is proud of the response that he's seeing from his team. One thing I was really proud of our entire football team, including the O-line, was they're all ready to come back and get better and go right back to work. And the response mechanism of these players has been inspiring as a coach because you never know when you're going to walk into a room what they're going to be like. And then Sunday, I mean, these guys were fired up, ready to go to get better. They know what's on the line, and, and Minnesota football is really important right now. And I think that's really special. And what's on the line next? Minnesota at Northwestern at 11 a.m. this Saturday from Evanston, Illinois. Joining the Gopher Show right now via phone, Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune. She is at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter. Thanks again for joining us, Megan. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with this and then put the Iowa game to bed officially. From your sense and maybe even from what we're hearing from the head coach, does it seem like the program... They're responding well to Saturday's loss as much as you can for losing a game. We heard that clip from PJ referencing he's proud of the response so far from what you've been around and what you gather. Does it seem like the team has put that behind them and ready for Saturday in Evanston? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's hard to say because we don't, you know, get to really watch practice this season. So we can only really go off of what the players and the coaches say. And so obviously they're going to tell us, yeah, like we're good to go. (laughs) So it's hard to say. But what I will, um, what I have kind of seen is what they know is that the, the season is still in front of them. I think that's what really helps this. Yeah, they didn't play very well against Iowa, especially in that first half. But they were able to turn it on in the second half. They looked a lot better. They got really close. They just kind of, you know, going down three possessions of the first half is just a really hard thing to overcome. But they got within four points at the end of it. Um, and it kind of slipped through their hands a few times there. So I think that they can take a lot of positives from that, the fact that they did come back, they did make it close, um, even after such a bad start. And then the fact that, you know, as far as losses go, yeah, you're not undefeated anymore. That's disappointing. But everything they want to do is still in front of them. They still have a chance at the Rose Bowl. They still have a chance at the Big Ten Championship game. Like, there's even that distant possibility of the CFP. So nothing is technically off the table for them yet. And I think that that makes it a lot easier to bounce back from. Yeah, I think the thing that impressed me the most, and you alluded to it from Saturday, Megan, I think it speaks to the type of team that the Gophers have is that just felt like a game for multiple reasons at multiple different times. The game just always seemed to felt like the 
the finish line was moving. It had that feel that no matter how close they got, it was just going to be hard to win that football game. And they just they just kept coming. To me as a fan, very similar to how I felt about the Vikings on Sunday afternoon, I just felt, even though they lost, I, I felt pretty darn good about the team. And I, and I feel like they, even in a loss, showed a lot, I think, to if not Minnesota fans, others around the country that may have been watching that game, that this just this team just has a little bit of a different vibe to it. Yeah, and I think you'll see that even like in their rankings, right? They didn't fall too far. They went from number 8 to number 10 in CFP rankings. Um, so that, I think, kind of shows you, number one, the respect for like the game that they were playing. Iowa is a good team. Like They're ranked, albeit in the 20s or whatever, but like they're ranked. And Phoenix is a really hard place to play. Like That's got a reputation for rooting really good seasons from teams. They've done it to Ohio State. They've done it to Michigan. They've done it to Penn State before, I think. Like, you know, it, that, that's kind of their reputation for doing that. So the fact that they lost there, but they still made it close, you know, they, they played not good at the beginning, but they were able to kind of piece it together at the end. I think a lot of people respect that. So as far as losses go, it was like a, a good loss, I guess, if there is such a thing. College football playoff rankings, the Gophers did fall two spots to 10. Penn State actually leapfrogged them up to number eight. One thing I appreciate about P.J. Flack, he doesn't really hide from the fact that him and his staff, they talk about these things with the players. It, do you get the sense that they, they say they talk about it and then they kind of move on? Do you get the sense that that's true or behind the scenes? Are they paying more attention to these things than they lead you to believe? Uh, it's hard to say, but I, I think that from his perspective, which I think is kind of, I don't know, smart i guess is that there's a lot of coaches that say we don't we don't want to read the media we don't pay attention to that stuff like it's just we only care about us and pj is like that too but i think his thing is there are things that you cannot ignore ignore especially when you're dealing with you know teenage young adult men who are you know like they're they're going to be reading twitter they're going to be reading the stories that are written about them because it's human nature to want to do that and i think pj realizes that that there's no use to saying don't read that stuff because they're going to do it anyways. So it's better to kind of address it head on and say, okay, you guys probably saw this. Like, you know, we're, you know, ranked this in the country and people are going to be coming for us. Or, you know, like people are talking about Rashad and how great he is. But, like, listen, that's great. That's what people think. But that has no bearing on what we do. Like, just because the outside world is saying that doesn't mean that we have to, like, hype it up internally. But I think he does a smart thing, which is just he, he – he does recognize it. He puts it out there or he allows his players to see it um, so that they're not, you know, it, it doesn't become this kind of hush-hush thing or elephant to the room or, you know, whatever. It's just like you put it out there, you deal with it, and you move on. So uh, I think that, that that's a really smart way to do it, honestly. The availability of Tanner Morgan, it's up in the air for Saturday's game. Megan actually has a great piece currently in the Star Tribune. Check it out, whether it be in print or at startribune.com. Basically talks about what the concussion protocol looks like. I found that article very valuable. So please uh, give, it a, give it a look if you have a chance. I get the sense we're not going to know until around game time if Tanner's a go or not on Saturday. Northwestern, they still play solid defense, ranked 33rd in the country in total defense, that according to NCAA.com. But Northwestern's offense is just, it's a bit of a mess. That same metric ranks them 124th out of 130 teams. As far as wins and losses go, Megan, should it really matter who the starting quarterback for the Gophers is? I, I get the offensive game plan might change if you're playing a Clark or a Kramer, or maybe it includes more Seth Green. But in my opinion, I don't think the result should change. The Gophers should go in there and hopefully take care of business one way or another on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. Um, I think what will be interesting is, you know, 
yeah, Northwestern's offense is not good. Um, and their defense is pretty good, um, and, you know, they're ranked up there. But I even think they would be higher if their offense was better. It's just that, like, they're on the field so much, right, that their offense just really can't do anything. And so in some ways I think their defense might be a little bit better than what that ranking says. And so that, I think, that would be the case, right? It kind of depends on what we see. Uh, but if you look at Northwestern, like, maybe they're just looking for this opportunity, their defense especially, to be like, let's show our stuff. And, okay, we don't have a starting quarterback. And they're rotating freshmen or they've got Seth Green and they're running the ball the whole time. Like, I think that gives them a lot of opportunities to take advantage of. So I think that's, that's maybe the unknown factor. But, yeah, I, I mean, definitely I'm still going to pick the Gophers to win that game. Like, I even without Taylor Morgan, I think that they'll be able to do it. But it does provide a little area of weakness that Northwestern could possibly exploit. Can you enlighten me on something? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I, I, as we've talked before in the past, I've talked with you that – Kicking in the college game just terrifies me, and I'm at a loss to figure out what's happened with the gopher uh, place-kicking situation. A couple weeks ago, PJ said there was a health issue with Lance, and I'm not saying that that's not true, but now I hear that it's basically just kind of a competition, and I think I saw Lance was second on the depth chart. Do you have any insight as to what happened there? Is there an injury? Did something behind the scenes happen? I'm, I'm befuddled as to why you would have somebody kicking in high-leverage games that didn't do really any kicking most of the year unless there is some sort of injury. Well, yeah, everything I've heard is that it's injury-related. That is why, you know, Brock Walker got the surprise start at Penn State, none of us, or against Penn State, none of us really were expecting that. And PJ did say it was a health issue. Um, and then I think on the radio later that week, he kind of illuminated that it was a leg tightness. That was his description of it, whatever that means. So uh, Lance had some leg tightness, I guess, later in the week ahead of the Penn State game, and that's what caused them to sit. Um, and then obviously he didn't travel to um, to Iowa. And so the injury, I guess, is still on the table. And I asked again this week, I asked just yesterday, you know, if he had an update on Lance and then also Curtis Dunlap Jr. on the offensive line. And he said those guys are both day-to-day. So for all intents and purposes, what they're saying is it's an injury situation. And that's why Brock Walker has started the last two games. Um, so I think that's what they're going to be sticking with, I mean, until Lance improves or whatnot. But, yeah, P.J. has also alluded to the fact that it's a competition and it's been a competition between them. But he's also not one to ever, like, name a starter. You know what I mean? Like, he did it in the quarterback battle last year, and he did it with Tanner this year just because it was, like, pretty brutally obvious that, like, Hannick said wasn't going to play, at least not until the goal game. So, um, but, like, I mean, for the kicker, he never officially said that Michael Lance won the kicking job. It's just that he started starting, and then he kept starting. We were like, okay, well, there's your starting kicker. And he's doing the same thing with the backup quarterback. It's like, you won't tell us which one is. It's like, oh, they're still competing. And even though Cole's played a little more, Cole Kramer has, and Jacob Clark, it's still a competition. So, I don't know. You just kind of have to infer those things sometimes. It's like, use your eyes and be like, well, this guy's played more, so I guess he's starting. One thing that I'm looking forward to probably more so than most on Saturday is just I expect the Gophers to be ready to play, but just what it looks like. What does the final product look like? Because you do have to guard yourself, I think, a little bit against the letdown because you're no longer undefeated. You're going to take on a two-win team that has really struggled in conference to do anything offensively. On the plus side, Megan, 
I'm getting a pretty good feeling there's going to be a lot of Gopher fans in attendance because it's a fairly quick trip. There are a lot of tickets available on the secondary market. So I think maybe they'll get a nice little pick-me-up from the, the road traveling crowd. But I'm incredibly interested to see how they're going to respond. Just like I was, I'd was, i said all year, when this team gets punched in the face, I kind of want to see how they respond because until the Penn State game into the Iowa game, it had been a month and a half since that happened. Well, now I'm interested in what does the response look like coming off of a loss for the first time, not just all season, almost a calendar year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. They had a, a good traveling contingent in Iowa, I thought. And then, yeah, I know a lot of people that are traveling to this Northwestern game. Like, my dad's actually going. My whole family's going. Part of that's because my sister's going wedding dress shopping the next day, so that's where I'll be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I know people that are going to this game and that are that are traveling forward and excited. And I honestly think that the Gophers are going to need that because their history at Ryan Field is not great. Like, last few times they've been there, it's been big shutouts, like 27-0, 39-0. And it's kind of a place that has a notoriously the atmosphere. It's like, you know, you go from Kinnick Stadium where it's, like, always packed and really you know the fans are right on top of you and loud and all of that stuff and then you kind of go to northwestern and it's like oh it's like eerily quiet and it's probably snowing i actually don't know what the weather forecast is uh, but you know it's just it's always kind of that type of game so you're getting a real big swing again and i think that'll be interesting to see how the gophers handle it because they had you know just looking at the past two weeks or so it's like you got this extreme high uh, with beating Penn State and like rushing the field and all of that and then you go to this kind of sad low where you go to a really tough place to play and you fight hard, but you, you don't come out with the win. And now it's like you've got this game that you honestly you have to win um, in order to kind of really set up a, a big Big Ten West title game, basically, against Wisconsin the next game. You cannot drop the ball there. You want to go into that game with momentum. Uh, and so, But you're kind of playing in a place that's a little bit, you know, less fun, I guess. <laughs> So it'll be really interesting to see how they handle like all of those emotions and how they've all kind of happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, but I think, you know, they're preparing for that stuff. PJ's really good about, you know, preparing them for whatever type of atmosphere they're going to face, whether it be loud, whether it be hot, whether it be cold. Uh, so I think that uh, that will be interesting to see. Well, and they did have one of those games where you kind of have to create your own environment already this year when they went to Piscataway for Rutgers. So hopefully that will help them a, a little bit here. I can tell you, as one of those Gopher fans traveling this weekend to the Chicagoland and Evanston area, looks to be decent on Saturday, right around 40 degrees with some overcast to partly cloudy skies. So hopefully that'll play well if Gopher fans are are traveling. Megan, this has been fun. It's been great to catch up. I appreciate your coverage in the Star Tribune, and I appreciate your time here on the Score North Gophers show. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. That is Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune. Again, follow her at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Teddy Greenstein. He is from the Chicago Tribune. He'll enlighten us a little bit more on Northwestern, some of their struggles, maybe some of the things that have gone well for them as well. We'll see what he has to say next right here on the Score North Gopher Show. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance 
Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Welcome back to the Score North Gophers show. Again, I would be Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Thank you so much for finding this edition wherever it is that you get your podcasts, whether it be at scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, or even that free Score North mobile app. We appreciate you so much for doing so. In just moments, Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune will join. He is at Teddy Greenstein on Twitter to talk a little bit more about Northwestern and go behind uh, enemy lines, if you will. First, let's hear briefly from Pat Fitzgerald. He was asked this week about playing the spoiler and if that's how he views his football team's role this Saturday taking on Minnesota. And our focus is on playing our best game of the year. I don't think we've done that. I don't think we did it on Saturday. You know, I'm happy for, for Minnesota that they're having a great year, but our, our goal is to go 1-0. And so it's that way every week, and we've got to go get prepared this week. We've got to get guys to play better. Uh, we've got to take care of the ball. We had our hands on multiple other balls for turnovers that didn't get them. Uh, we've got to play the way the blueprint is here for us to win. And if we do that, we'll give ourselves a chance to compete against a great team. Let's now bring in Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. Teddy, thanks for making time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, Ross. One of my favorite coaches in the Big Ten for a long time has been Pat Fitzgerald. I admire what he's done at Northwestern. I think he's a fun coach to follow. He seems like a great guy. But I think I have to start with asking you, how how is he holding up, Teddy? I watched that press conference and and he looks he looks frustrated. He looks yeah. he looks like he's had enough. Well, he should be frustrated. I mean, this is obviously a team that won the Big Ten West by three games last year. And, you know, certainly lost some good players, including Clayton Thorson, a four-year starter at quarterback. But expectations were high. I mean, Urban Meyer, among many people, thought, you know, Nebraska and Northwestern would rule the Big Ten West this year. So uh, Fitz better be frustrated because this is uh, arguably the worst offense in America. It's definitely the worst passing game in America. So to fall off from, you know, a really good team where you win the West, you hold up decently in Indianapolis, and then you beat Utah in a bowl game. To, to, to then produce this, no wins in the Big Ten, you better be frustrated. So how did this happen? I remember hearing late last year, must have been the off season. Northwestern was getting a transfer from Clemson to play quarterback. And when I heard that, I went, oh, this could be Clemson's division for, or, or excuse me, Northwestern's <laughs> division for, for a little while. And yeah. it seems like all of the problems right now with Northwestern rely – on offense in the passing game how how did we get here yeah it's a combination of a lot of things uh poor quarterback play really is number one um because the offensive line has actually been decent um it's it's been really poor quarterback play and then a ton of injuries they don't have a they don't have a lot of skill guys to start with and then the ones they have guys like isaiah bowser and ben skronik uh the receiver who made this great catch at, at iowa last year those guys have been hurt for a lot of the season um but you know, in that opener against Stanford, uh, T.J. Green actually went out and, and really won the job. He started the second half, uh, which was an indictment on both Hunter and the coaching staff. I mean, you've got this really talented five-star kid who uh, wasn't playing well, certainly wasn't playing well in the opener, and it you know, hasn't really gotten much better. And certainly people are curious about that. Was he overrated coming out of high school? He has some you know, reasons this year for not being – uh, all that sharp. His mom was uh, going through uh, breast cancer treatment, so he took a couple weeks off from the team for that. He's been a little injured, but bottom line is, you know, he he hasn't looked good, nor has their starting quarterback Aiden Smith. So, uh, I mean, UMass is like the worst defense maybe in the last ten years, and uh, Aiden Smith went seven for thirteen with two picks last week against them. 
What's the recipe then for not only competing with Minnesota, but pulling off the upset? How how does Northwestern do it? Does it have to be defensive-driven? The, the Northwestern defense, the Gophers can't sleepwalk through this game. They'll be they'll be tested, especially by that defense. Is, is that the key to victory? Are there things Northwestern can do to try and get their quarterbacks going? I imagine if there were things, they would have found those by now. So what what is yeah. the path? Honestly, I mean, if Minnesota shows up, Gophers are going to win. Um, I mean, if Tanner Morgan can't play with the concussion, then maybe Minnesota's offense is not as effective, but... I mean, Northwestern has a decent defense. Um, they would probably have to be plus three in turnovers. Uh, Northwestern did have a good rushing attack last week with a freshman named Evan Hull, but again, it was against just a, a dreadful defense in UMass. So I, I don't really see uh, much of a path for Northwestern to win this game unless it's uh, you know some fluky stuff out there. Remind me, has Ryan Field been updated, or is it going to be updated? Is it is it part of a renovation plan? I, I don't recall. So definitely not. Basically, very, very little has been done to Ryan Field. There are a couple of things that have made it less unpleasant for fans, but it's a really old uh, building. Uh, what Northwestern has sunk $270 million bucks into is a uh, practice facility on campus, which uh, you know is really their football home. Um, Sunday through Friday, uh, but the, the the actual stadium is uh, you know somewhere between old, decrepit, and charming, depending on your perspective. <laughs> that seems to be the thing in Chicago. You got a lot of stadiums like that in and around the Chicago land area. Uh, tell well, me, Wrigley is awesome. Exactly, yeah. Wrigley has been updated, and Ryan Field needs it too. And I will be in that area. I am coming to town for the weekend, so been to, I think I've been to pretty much every place in Chicago outside of. United Center. I'm going to have to cross that off the list one of these days. What type of crowd are we expecting on Saturday? I I know it looks like just here locally, Teddy, it looks like a lot of Gopher fans are making the trip, if you can judge Twitter for anything, and and typically you can't, but tickets do appear to be readily available, and I know I I at a good price am sitting in a pretty good seat. Yeah, I would say small and unenthusiastic will be the Northwestern crowd. Um, You know, they really only draw well in, in you know, very good seasons. It's just not a, it's not a huge fan base. It's a fan base that's very annoyed. I mean, it's one thing to lose. It's even worse if you lose, you know, scoring 10 points a game in Big Ten play. It's been a, it's been a really boring uh, team, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I think the crowd's going to reflect that from Northwestern side. Okay, so this didn't really cross my mind in, until now, and it's just one season. But what what is the temperature on Pat Fitzgerald? I get the sense he'd have to have, like, four more seasons like this to even have any type of a hot seat. But where are people at right now? Or is this just kind of more of a one-off? Let's see how this spills into next year. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. When people ask me if he's on the hot seat, I say, you know, if he, if he goes 0 and 12 for the next four seasons, then he might be on the hot seat. Uh, There's no coach in America who has better job security. um, And that might even include Nick Saban uh, just knowing how, you know, crazy SEC fans are. So, uh, you know, what Fitz has to do is get a new offensive coordinator, perhaps change more coaches on the offensive staff. He's been ridiculously loyal to uh, a nice guy in Mick McCall, but who just has not produced well. So they need to um, get a new get a new OC in, and that's what uh, all Northwestern fans are, are basically looking towards. You've seen a lot of Big Ten football. You see a lot of teams go in and out of Evanston, and obviously if you're like me, you're probably picking around games on Saturday when you have the chance. 
Is anybody going to beat Ohio State? Maybe not just in the Big Ten, but can Ohio State win the national championship? I personally think they can. They're they're my favorite. Am I wrong on that? And what do you think? No, you're not wrong. I mean, but I think LSU and Clemson, I mean, I think it's just, you'd almost say uh, you, you can't flip a three-headed coin, but I think all those three teams are even. Um, I mean, Ohio State, of course, has looked unbelievable. I'll be out there actually uh, at the shoe watching that game, covering that game Saturday. But we just know from history that other other than 2014, when Ohio State won those two playoff games, you know, the teams from the South are better come playoff time. We see it year after year after year. This is a year where Ohio State is certainly as good as LSU and Clemson, but, um, you know, what will help is if they get the number one seed because uh, I'm sure Oregon or Georgia or whoever the four is going to be good. But, you know, to have to say potentially beat Clemson and LSU, that would be rough. Final question, and then I'll cut you loose. This is off the beaten path of what I told you we were going to talk about. Is the University of Illinois or Northwestern ever going to play college hockey so the Big Ten can have some more teams? Um, Northwestern, I'd say, is, is definitely not going to. Um, they've already sunk so much money in, into facilities. I think the last thing they want to do is, uh, you know, build a rink. I'm sure that's expensive. And, um, you know, that's a program. It, 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 they sink a lot of money into the women's sports. I mean, actually, women's hockey would be pretty cool. So I, I don't think there's much of an appetite to create sports these days. I think, if anything, you know, schools want to want to cut back and, put more money into uh, the revenue generators like football and men's hoops. Big Ten's just tough when you look across the country and for football, basketball, you have, well, it's multiple conferences are the same way. You have more teams than the conference says, and then in the case of hockey, you have half the team. So whatever. Different gripe. Teddy, I know you're busy, so I'm going to let you run. Thank you very much for the time. Nice meeting you. We'll talk again soon down the road. Thank you very much. Outstanding. Enjoy Chicago, Ross. Take care. Thank you. That is Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. He is on the Twitter machine at Teddy Greenstein. I'll spell it for you. T-E-D-D-Y Greenstein, G-R-E-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. That will do it for this edition of the Score North Gophers show. Again, a thanks, a big thanks to Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter. And of course, Teddy Greenstein, who you just heard from at Teddy Greenstein on Twitter. And again, don't forget Daniel House, James Murphy. They're back later on this weekend, if not early next week, to put a bow tie on Minnesota and Northwestern. Hopefully they're talking about a big Golden Gopher victory. This time next week when we talk for the Score North Gophers show midweek edition, we might not only be previewing a Golden Gopher football game for the Axe against Wisconsin. We could be, we could be previewing a game for the Big Ten West Championship at TCF Bank Stadium. It'll be fun regardless next week for the midweek edition of the Score North Gophers show. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the Score North Gophers show.